Cold calling. Does it work? Does it not work? Is it going out of style? Should you email? Should you do social selling? Is cold calling dead? We're going to answer all of those questions in today's episode. And before we get to that, my name is Jason Bay. You're listening to Outbound Squad. My goal is to help you turn complete strangers into paying customers. So if you're an SDR or BDR that's tasked with doing a bunch of outbound and you want to become an AE, or you're an account executive that's doing anything from SMB to enterprise or strategic selling, and you want to get better at self-sourcing pipeline, doing discovery demos, all that kind of stuff, you're definitely in the right place. Today's episode is a guest feature that I did on Mailshake's podcast. So we talked about cold calling in 2023. So specifically, and if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know I talk a lot about outbound. That's sort of our bread and butter. What I talk about in this podcast is, does cold calling still work in 2023? And the answer is yes, but it's not your mass blast. Let's just dial through a big list of numbers. Very well-researched, very timely calls, ones where we're talking about what the priorities of the prospect are instead of our product. All of that stuff I get into, how to do your proper openers, how to do a priority drop instead of pitching. So it's sort of the reverse pitch that we're seeing work pretty well. And then how to come up with better messaging. So how to know what your prospects care about and how to sort of get in and uh, read their minds, so to speak. So we're going to get into that in a ton more. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hey, everybody. Sujan Patel here. Welcome to another episode of Shake Sales. I got Jason Bay of Outbound Squad. Uh, I'm super pumped to talk to you. Jason, welcome. Um, for those folks that don't know you, would you mind just giving a quick intro? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I run a company called Outbound Squad, and really what I'm on a mission to do is help reps turn complete strangers into paying customers. So usually happens in a couple of ways. You know, one really big thing we talk about, obviously, because the name is Outbound. <laughs> you know, So if you're sending a lot of cold outreach, cold emails, making cold calls. How do we get people to be more receptive you know, to speaking with us and get those meetings? And we work with a lot of account executives as well. So once we do get that first meeting, how do we run a great discovery call that doesn't feel like I'm just being qualified and hammered with interview style questions the entire time? And and then how do we run an engaging demo where we get a group of people on and you know not bore everyone to death with our you know slide deck? So how do we kind of advance those sales to close as well? But uh, I really enjoy working with in tech. There's a lot of younger reps that are in their first five years of their sales career. Those are the ones that end up being a lot of our clients that need some of the foundational stuff that we're going to talk about today. Love it. And speaking of foundational um, stuff, you know, one of the things we were talking about before we hit record was just around speaking the same language, right? I think I see this way too often in, in our customers' emails and, and, you know, one of the biggest things I see is like what you're describing, the words you're using to describe your product offering, mm-hmm. one, they suck or they're too long. Um, or, and, and this is the biggest one, is like the customer's like blank stare, deer in the headlights. So what does that mean? Like if I were to go sell, and we're going to use Mailshake as a good example here. Um, sales and So Mailshake's sales engagement platform. First of all, what the heck does that mean to like 99% of people who are not in tech in startup and maybe they're in sales, but they, they don't, you know, they don't actually think about, they don't look at the category of sales engagement. So, um, and, and you mentioned, you see that quite often, right. And, and with clients and, and folks, uh, just use the wrong language. 
Yeah. So what kind of came to mind as you were sharing that is I think that a lot of companies, it's like, dude, unless you're Apple or Google, you're not really creating new language around how to describe something that people are going to be like, oh, yes, we're going to start using that way to talk about this. It just doesn't work like that. And this is something I actually talked to Jed about a long time ago, who's on your team. Um, When he joined, I was like, dude, outside of tech, because I work with companies outside of tech too, like a lot of them don't even know what a sales engagement tool or a like you say sequence they don't even know what that means yeah you know so i think what we're what we're doing though is like knowing the prospect that you're talking to what's really important is the universal language between a sales rep or a sales professional and a prospect is in business outcomes and business challenges that's the universal language that both of you can speak in and understand so we have to remove the product and the features and all of that kind of stuff from the conversation so when I'm teaching cold calling, let's say, for example, uh, let me ask you, I'm, I'm kind of curious what you think. So there's, there's a lot of data from Gong on this. On a successful cold call, what percentage of the time does a rep, let's say, typically speak on that call versus a prospect? What do you think? Oh, I think, uh, I think it's probably like 80% rep. Okay. So you actually guess the opposite of what most people guess, which is we're taught in sales, you should speak less than the prospect. Right. And usually people guess 20, 30% rep. And it's actually about 55% rep, 45% prospect, according to Gong's study of about 100,000 cold calls. But I bring that up because it's important that, like, as a rep, you are driving these conversations, but it's the content of the conversation. It's what you talk about that's more important than how much time you spend talking. And to add context in a cold call, for example, like in the first 60 seconds, and and feel free, we can get as tactical as you'd like with like how to conduct the first 60 seconds. But you should be talking about the prospect and what people like them are focused on and the challenges that they're having versus, hey, I'm calling from Mailshake. We're a sales engagement tool. We work with all these cool companies. I'd like to tell you how we can help automate your reps outreach and help them set more meetings. And it's like, click, you know, yeah, <laughs> no one's going to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I I completely agree with you here. I, I think I always try to coach people. I, I do more email coaching and feedback. Is like your first sentence should not be about your name, your yeah. company, what you do, and customers you've got. That is like the last thing. It's an a, a, an objection, right? Than it is a solution. It should be around like, hey, are you looking to increase your close rate? by, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing things out there, but like reality is like too many people talk about themselves and in their, like they're, everyone's in this little bubble of like, this is what I do. And reality is like the client, the customer, the prospect, they don't give a crap about what you do. You got to get them to care. Right. So how, how, how do you like in the mail example, sales engagement, what would you say like would be the, the first line or the first, like the opening side of a cold call? Yeah, and don't, so I'm putting call, you on. The, I'm throwing you in there in the weeds here. So, no, this is great. You know, what I hate is listening to a sales podcast where they talk about conceptual stuff and then you get nothing actionable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I I get as tactical as you'd like. So, um, if we're talking cold call specifically, let's just set this up. There's a couple of important things to know. So, the average cold call, uh, chorus has got some really good insights on this. Only lasts about 80 seconds. So your time, that cold call, whether you land a meeting or not, 
or get a next step, it's really won and lost in the first like really 30 to 60 seconds. So there's a couple things that we want to acknowledge in the very beginning. Um, how many calls do you get a day? Because you're you're a founder of a cool company and do a lot of other cool shit, man. I'm sure you get a lot of calls and emails. How many calls do you get every day? Uh, I get like 10 calls a day at least. Um, yeah. And I accidentally pick up one, right? Yeah. Um, so accidentally. So I think the first thing we have to acknowledge is that no one, for the most part, picks up cold calls on purpose. So they're expecting you to be someone else. So the first thing I really suggest using is what's called a permission-based opener. And essentially what we're going to do is we're going to allow the prospect to opt into the conversation because we called them. They didn't ask us to call them. Let's see if they want to participate. So instead of saying, you know, hey, this is Jason with Outbound Squad. I'm calling to talk about X, Y, Z. I'm going to say, hey, uh, Sujin, this is Jason with Outbound Squad. I know we probably caught you in the middle of something. You got 30 seconds for me to tell you the reason for my call. You can let me know if you want to keep chatting. Or, hey, uh, Sujin, I was calling about all the reps that you're hiring at Mailshake right now. Oh, by the way, it's Jason with Outbound Squad. You got a minute for me to share more and you can decide if you want to keep talking. Nine out of 10 times, if you do that first part uh, correctly and have good tone and tonality and pace and all that kind of stuff, you'll get like, a, okay, what do you got? So that's Fair the enough. first I like part. it. Yeah. And then the second part, that's where we get some more customization. So what you're going to, the instinct here that you have to fight against is you're going to want to pitch at this point. You're going to want to talk about your stuff. So I want to do the exact opposite of what the prospect is expecting and what most reps do is I'm going to actually talk about what we do through the lens of a customer. So I'll just give you mine. I call these a priority drop. So I'm just going to share what, let's pretend that you're a VP of sales, right? Because that's my, my target audience. So I do my permission-based opener and then I'm going to say, great, appreciate you taking the time. We're actually working with a few similar companies right now, Zoom, uh, Gong, a couple others. And what we keep hearing from their sales executives is one of two focuses. One is around account executive self-sourcing. So they want their AEs to do more prospecting, get to 30% self-sourced opportunities, increase pipeline coverage, that kind of thing. And then number two is more around running tight sales cycles. So they're having to do more multi-threading. CFOs are getting involved in deals more than they ever have. And it's really all about running a tight sales motion. Are either of those two by chance of something that you're focused on right now, or is it something different altogether? And usually the response I get to that is like, oh yeah, it's definitely number one or definitely number two, because this is what I hear in sales calls. Every sales call I do, it's like one of those two things. Mm -hmm. So we could pause here. I think that the big takeaway is I want to opt, get the opt-in, the permission-based opener and the priorities, that language. Think back to all the sales calls that you have, and hopefully you're recording them. Dude, you're going to find patterns in specific types of prospects you speak with. For me, a VP of sales, you're going to find patterns in what their priorities are. And then I want to basically do a very targeted messaging based on persona, which I could customize a bit if I saw that you guys are hiring or just launched a new product or whatever it might be. But that's how I'm going to open up that first 60 seconds of the call. I want to basically put bumper guards up on the conversation and make sure that we're talking about something that you already care about. I love it. I mean, first and foremost, just the opener, right? You are acknowledging that you did not, like you're acknowledging the behavior that's happening on the other end versus yep. just jumping into like the second thing. And then I love the fact that you're putting bumpers and identifying potential problems, right? And then you you did mention like personalization that could happen, 
but that's not necessary. Like if you were to say like, hey, we're hiring based off any research you found on maybe job openings, whatever, um, you did some research or, hey, you know, you didn't have to. And it's still both ends. It still felt fairly personalized because you were very specific on identifying what I would call problems that are VP of sales are facing regardless of where they're at. Yeah. And it's definitely prevalent. You know, a lot of my customer base is in SaaS. So it's, you know, the whole account executive thing. Like, I wouldn't say that if I was talking to like other companies I work with, like are like recruiting and professional services companies, like they don't even call them account executives. So I wouldn't say AEs, right? There's like little things that you kind of need to tweak, but uh, you know, this is the same principles that marketers use. You know, and you think about like when you read an article that really just hits with you and it's like for a founder, let's say of a software company like you are, and it really resonates with you. It's, it's like so specific. It's not personalized to your situations, but it's talking about what something like people like you are dealing with and it's articulating the problem, maybe in a better way than you can. And that's what you want to do. And that's what I think the future of prospecting and outbound, all that kind of stuff is, I mean, this is a marketing activity, your appointment setting. So think more like a marketer. What good marketers do is they're really good at using the language that their customers use and articulating stuff, especially in written form, better than the people that are actually experiencing it. Yeah, I love it. I think, uh, you know, again, background, my background is in marketing. We're A-B testing, click-through rates, headline copy. It's the yeah. same thing with words. And people think, I, I feel like in sales, you just forget like, oh, I'm selling a, like I'm talking to people. It's live. Yeah. But you, you could still like you, let's say you, had a, you, you did a bunch of, you know, you have five days of cold calls every day. You block out an hour or two every in the morning. You could still learn from your previous days. It's, it might not be quantitative, measurable, exact data, but you're finding few folks actually resonate with some positive verbiage or certain things you're saying or problems. That's froth for the next day. Right. Or the next call. Yep. And the, it's, it's my, I bet if you went back and analyzed the actual data, like marked every single call that you had and then the ones that were engaged, you'd get similar data to what marketing does when, you know, a headline hits better than another one. No, totally. Yeah. Another hack that I would recommend too, I don't see enough people do is if you're an account executive, again, hopefully you're recording your sales calls, but if you're an SDR, listen to sales calls with account executives with that specific prospect and they share in these sales calls what they're focused on. And it's like a cold call is like a really miniature version of an intro call with a customer. Like they should feel like there's a continuation between the two. So use all of the language that your customers and your buyers share through the sales process. Use that for outbound messaging as well. And it's, it's in those recordings. The other thing that you could look for too is uh, case studies, testimonials, it could be competitor case studies and testimonials as well. Anything that where you're getting the language that your buyers are using to articulate their problem, you want to use that same language back. Yeah, love it. I mean, it's it's the simplest form of mirroring, right? Um, yep. And and uh, I feel like mirroring. I I've done it in job interviews. Again, marketing, right? Like you marketing yep. content towards founders versus the VP of marketing different right uh but anyways this is awesome and and i know you've got a lot of courses um relating to like addressing probably most of these issues right um on on outbound 
um, on outboundsquad.com, right? Um, can you talk about a little bit about that? Like what, are you, what, so, you know, I know you have an individual, I'm going to give you a great sales pitch. Okay. Set you up for describing your product. So, or your, your offering. So you got individuals. Yeah. Who's that for? What's, what is that for? Like SDRs, AEs? Yep. SDRs, BDRs, mostly it's for SDRs and, and BDRs that are, you know, aspirational AEs. So they're doing that as, you know, a, uh, the minor leagues, so to speak, or a, a, a to, uh, to become an account executive and to really learn how to sell. And then account executives, of course, that care a lot about actually doing outbound and self-sourcing pipeline and that kind of thing. Gotcha. And then your sales teams, who's that, who's that, like what size teams, who's that for typically? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have a couple different types of offers depending on the team, but there's, you know, if there's under 20 reps, typically there's more of a one-to-many, you know, kind of workshop style open to the public offers that we have. And then we do a lot of custom type of work too for folks that have anywhere from 50 reps to you know, 250 plus reps. Love it. Yeah, it's one, one of the things I highly recommend for any any VP of sales or head of sales is for for better outcome of your outcome for your, your quarterly numbers, your quota, whatever, and for employee retention is to get your team trained up and constantly be educating, but then not just educating, taking that, whatever, you know, they, they, they sign up for outbound squad. They learn about multi-threading. Well, then they have to actually apply it. Right. And I find that this is the best retention met uh, possible. It's like, cause you, why would you leave a company where they're giving you every single opportunity to level up and hit your numbers? Um, and then at the end of the day, from a VP of sales perspective or CEO perspective, like, hey, I spent XYZ dollars and it actually showed up in Q2, Q3, Q4 numbers. Here you go. Can I have some more budget, please? Right. And you just yeah. keep doing this. And, and you know, again, your, your team is just getting smarter and smarter. Uh, so, so anyways, thanks for sharing that detail. What would you say from like a cold call? I know we talked about cold call and communication side. Where do you think people, um, suffer the most or like, what's the biggest pain point? Is that, is it the first line? Is it just like addressing the, Hey, I'm, I'm interrupting your day. Or is it like describing your product? Is it, where do you, where do you see it? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole call reluctance piece that I think you know, we could spend some time talking about it if you want. I mean, just picking up the phone and making the dials is very challenging for most people. So, <laughs> um, I think that if you have call reluctance and you're listening to this or watching it and you're thinking, ah, God, I, I kind of like don't pick up the phone a lot because I just, I don't like the rejection. Um, know that, Hey, that's totally normal uh, to feel like that. Like what we do on a daily basis in sales, like getting rejected 90 plus percent of the time. Like if you have a 10% success rate, that's like good on the phones, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and like 90% rejection, that's not a normal thing for a human being to have to deal with on a daily basis. So yeah. I think if you can reframe like what your goal is, if you make the goal of the phone call, not to land a meeting, but to just see if the person is willing to engage in a conversation with you. So kind of like a reframe the goal a bit. I think the other thing too, is to really think about and this has required me going to lots of years of therapy, <laughs> but uh, to not take the rejection as a personal attack on you or to feel bad about what you're doing. Um, I'm a really firm believer that prospects don't want to be rude. We just give them lots of reasons to be. So when we do things like pitch our solution and we try to sell something to a complete stranger, basically within 60 seconds of meeting them, 
that's just not a very human thing to do. That just doesn't mm-hmm. play out in your everyday life. No one likes those kinds of interactions. So why are you doing that in this role? You know? So I think there's the reluctance piece. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely the first 60 seconds. I think from there, it's about having some really good questions and understanding the problem. I think what's really tough as an SDR is that you probably haven't sold anything before. So your business acumen, and you're probably new in your career, you have you don't really have a lot of business acumen. So you don't understand that, hey, when when people decide to hop on a call with Mailshake, let's say to use Mailshake, what they care less about is the demo. And what they care more about is the outcome they're hoping that Mailshake will deliver for them. And they care a lot about, hey, if I have a big team of people, how do I make sure everyone uses this? Because we have a lot of software already that most of our team doesn't use. You know, so they're thinking about stuff past the sale. Like the buying part is like, that's the work hasn't even started yet for the buyer. They have to implement the solution. So I think if you kind of bring everything into context with that call, you're really just gauging interest to see if they want to explore it. That's it. That's all you're trying to accomplish. And if you can have some good problem-based questions that kind of tee up challenges that typical customers are having, that would I, I would say is the next kind of big hack. The second one is you need to be really well-versed in customer stories. And if you can share, hey, the reason I'm calling you is that we have a similar customer like X, Y, and Z that is dealing with this challenge. How does that resonate with what you're dealing with right now? Right? And you're trying to really use social proof theory to get the person you're speaking with to see themselves in a similar situation to their peers. Hmm. And that's essentially what you're doing. So I think of it less pitching, less about the solution and more about like, Hey, your world right now, based on what other people like you are dealing with, like, are you dealing with something similar? Well, we might be able to help you. Like, let's talk about that later (laughs) on a call and like how that works and what that looks like. The buyer doesn't want to know what the features are. If you're talking to an executive, at least they just want to know, like, does your thing help with things that they care about? And do you have best in class peers that you've worked with that they would recognize? Like those are the, really the big things. Fair enough. I love it. I mean, this is, you've already dropped for the 60 seconds and the hundred times you're going to make those 60 second calls in a day, maybe hundred hundreds of times. I, I think this is game changer. So for the, we'll, we'll leave the, the video at that. For those you know, AEs, SDRs, heads of sales, take this, go apply it. And then, and then go come, go back. I'm going to just open this up for you. Go back and go ping Jason for, with questions or better yet, go sign up for, um, his, his course. Um, you know, it's, it's pennies on how much revenue or, or gains you can get by just, again, we talked about, we spent 20 minutes talking about 60 seconds. Right. Um, there's a whole lot more there, there to unpack. And as you go through this, there's a lot more. So Jason, thanks again uh, for hopping on again, outboundsquad.com. Yeah. Appreciate it. Come connect with me. We got a lot, tons of free resources on there too, for you to check out. So we got a podcast as well. I post every day on LinkedIn, outboundsquad.com is the best place to, to check it out. <laughs>